2022 is drawing to a close with a crop of severe winter weather blanketing much of the country, leaving cattlemen in particular out in the cold. What do cattle markets have to look forward to in the new year? That's today on Field Posts. a DTN Progressive Farmer podcast that dives deeper into the most important trends in agriculture to explore the business's cutting edge. I'm Sarah Mock. With just a few days left in 2022, cattlemen across the country have been rocked by back-to-back weeks of harsh weather. DTN Livestock Analyst Shaley Stewart has been tracking not only the forecast this month, but also the markets, and joins us today with an update on where we are and her latest outlook on what might be ahead in the year to come. The weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year can be a weird time for markets, but Shaylee guides us through what to look for as we study recent and near-term reports from USDA, as well as inventory, demand, and feed prices. We'll also dig into Shaylee's advice about keeping a productive mindset during the darkest and hardest days of the year, and how to prepare for the opportunities likely to be on the horizon in the coming months. We'll hear insights on hay inventories, box beef prices, and processing speeds, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of Field Post is brought to you by DTN Ag Marketplace. Marketing is a year-round business, but it's not your only job. As you focus on field work, monitor your opportunities and easily make an offer with help from the free DTN Ag Marketplace app. DTN Ag Marketplace facilitates end-to-end grain sales on your schedule. From your mobile device, you can easily connect to local agribusiness to view current cash bids and futures to sell your grain. Need more accountability in your marketing program? The app lets you set goals and monitor progress and enter and track inventory. Start to confidently market your crops with DTN Ag Marketplace. Download it today for free in the Apple Store. Now, back to the show. DTN Livestock Analyst Shaylee Stewart joins us again today to talk through some of the latest news in cattle markets, as well as some longer-term trends. Shaylee, could you just start by giving us kind of an overview? Where is the market right now? And how are you thinking about where the market is today? Sarah, I'm glad that you posed that question at the beginning of our conversation today, because we're just in that funk. Really, it kind of starts around Thanksgiving. We see a little action between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but the time frame between Christmas and the new year is just a lukewarm, lackadaisical, is the market even still a thing? Are cattle still trading? What's going on in the world? And so cattlemen, I think, struggle through this time frame because it's all of us understand as you go back to work after Christmas, you are scratching and clawing, wondering, what do I do? What day is it? What is my role? What is my position? And cattlemen do the same thing. And especially when the markets are slow, there's not a whole lot of news to trade. And so everybody's trying to grasp to things that are substantial, that are trade-worthy, that are significant. And so the market right now as a whole is sitting in a tremendous, and I cannot stress that enough, a tremendous position. Sarah, as we look at the cash cattle market, we are pressing on prices not seen in the last seven years, not lasting since 2015. And so as we see feedlots continue to gain more and more leverage in the cash cattle market and packers seeing that supplies are tightening, it's so fun to see our feedlot friends, our cow-calf producers starting to 
to gain more leverage in the marketplace. And so, like I made mention, we are seeing phenomenal prices on the cash cattle market. Feeder cattle, the last sales that we saw for 2022, they were outstanding and phenomenal. And I really think that given that we've had some more moisture, if producers have hay, if feedlots have the feed stuff to get cattle to spring or through the feedlot, they are really looking at this market and they're quite excited. Now, there has been a little bit of hiccup here as we get back to the trading week after Christmas. As we look at that latest cattle on feed report, it's so funny and how you have to understand how that report is not only presenting numbers, but how it relates to the average estimates before. Because get the USDA actual numbers, but really the market doesn't so much care as what the report does in regards to its actuals compared to a year ago. It reacts to how the findings come out compared to what analysts projected those numbers to be. I want to dig in a little bit more on that expectations question, but I want to take a minute to talk about the issue that is probably top of a lot of people's minds right now because it is just so present in their life, which is the weather. Talk a little bit about, especially as we think about kind of those expectations, where is the weather sitting? You mentioned a little bit more precipitation. How is the market reacting to weather right now? How are producers reacting to weather? What are you thinking? John did a really good job at our DTN Egg Summit event showcasing what DTN and what our weather modules show for the year ahead. And we are so excited to say that at some point in 2023, we expect the La Nina to disappear and us to go back to a normal precip in either hotter temperatures or slightly cooler temperatures, but the big focus being on normal precip. So when exactly is that going to happen? That is the question mark. We cannot say most likely it'll happen sometime in the summer or in the fall period. But what that means for right here and right now and cattle producers and cattle country is it means is what is it going to take to get from January to that moisture period? And what are hay reserves doing? And how do we sit with feed supplies? And that really is the main question. And you know, that storm that snuck up on us a couple of weeks ago, it really did change and it really did shift the playing field of the cattle market. Because if producers didn't sit with haystacks replenished from the year before, they are really scratching their head and wondering, do I need to get rid of more cows? Do I need to get rid of the replacement heifers that I thought that I could keep over until spring? And so as they look at basically all of winter, which we have ahead of us until May, until June, they are really looking at their hay inventories and saying, how do I get from now to then? And so that is a very costly question because hay prices have not cheapened whatsoever. And so the weather Weather storm has impacted the cattlemen greatly as it has in recent years. I'm glad you mentioned the recent storm. I think the weather has been in mainstream media has been the big story for the last couple of weeks in every direction. I'm curious when you're thinking about expectations, speaking of kind of the recent reports and the data, the new information that the market is trading on, what are kind of analyst expectations as they look to maybe the first couple of months of 2023? And are you seeing the signals that that you expect given processing speeds, given inventory, given all the relevant factors. Do you think those expectations are on track at the moment? Oh, I love the buzzwords that you're using because those are so important right now. And so you hit some big ones, throughput and inventory and demand. Those are going to be the big kickers in the early 
early part of 2023. Obviously, we know that we're going to have tighter supplies all across the board from the cow sector all the way through producing calves and finishing out fats. We're going to have tighter supplies. I'm really excited to see what that cattle inventory report does at the end of January. But for the first part of 2023, that is the big question is we've obviously seen here in the re in the recent weeks, packers already scale back chain speeds and throughput just as a way and as a means to safeguard their margin. So now the question shifts as we enter into 2023, will the reduction in production and will the reduced chain speeds allow feedlots to maintain currentness and maintain the leverage that they possess right now into the spring of 2023? And that is the big question, Sarah, because that is where all the control comes is the market's leverage. And so I really do think that given that demand both here domestically and internationally is still is extremely aggressive and very much so yearning for beef, I think that feedlots are going to be in a good position, but it is something that we're going to have to watch and monitor and gauge as we work through these early weeks and really January and February. So the early months of 2023, because that will determine greatly what we see in March and April, which as April is so sought after, because that's typically when we see some highs in the cash cattle market seasonally. Speaking of that kind of demand picture, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. You mentioned the domestic demand, the strong international demand. What are you seeing as far as trends there? And do you expect those to shift? I don't think we think of the winter as particularly strong demand month for beef, but maybe trends are changing. I don't know. What's What do you think? I really think that as we look back over the last three years and how our not only our country has shifted and changed, but also the world from a global perspective, the one thing that we have learned is that you you know what? As we see a country that is maybe in a more stressed economic state, and as we face inflation, as we face higher interest rates, and as consumers' dollars just simply aren't going as far as they once were, the one thing that I am so proud to say is that the U.S. consumer, they still demand beef. Now, it might not be in the form of going to restaurants and ordering a $50, $60 ribeye that is just sizzling when it comes out, and you're probably not doing that once a week like maybe you were before, heck, a couple times a month, but they're still doing that at home and they're still cooking with beef. And so as we work through the winter months, we're seeing a lot of roasts, we're seeing a lot of ground beef because those are just staple dishes in Americans' food menu at home even. And so I know that obviously the, the implications of inflation will affect beef demand, but largely we've not seen that be a shattering piece to the market at this point. And I really don't foresee it being something that affects the market gravely moving forward because like I said, Americans yearn for beef. Americans trust U.S. beef and they want more of it. So I'm here to say that thankfully we've seen beef demand be very, very strong here in the United States. And I know that as we look at our exports abroad, we're still seeing phenomenal demand. So obviously that'll be interesting to monitor and gauge as we go through 2023, just because our supplies are going to be tighter. So those costs are going to be higher, but I still believe that demand will be ample in the year ahead. I'm really glad you mentioned the inflation question and effects there, because I think that's also top of mind for folks. I want to switch gears and look at it from the producer perspective. I think the other big concern we talked about a couple of other times this year was around feed prices. Obviously, corn prices were up quite a bit this year and all the grains were elevated at various points to various levels. So yeah, you mentioned hay and how producers are thinking about hay stocks right now. What about on the feedlot side? How is the kind of feed price picture shaping up as we move into 2023? 
That's a tough question, Sarah. And I'm glad that it's one that you bring up because I think it's one that is the tough pill to swallow as we look at the year ahead. Because whether you're looking at the cow-calf sector or you're looking at the feedlot sector, we see higher prices painted in 2023. But higher prices do not guarantee profitability because we are also seeing higher inputs and that largely stems from feed costs. And so as we look at the feedlot sector, as you mentioned specifically, they're honestly in a tight position right now because feeder cattle prices are extremely high, feed costs are extremely high, and yet we are still looking at a cash cattle market hovering around that $1.50, $1.55 mark. And they're going to need to see prices become exponentially higher in order to justify restocking their pens, restocking their bunks with these feeder cattle and with these high feed costs in order to justify having them on feed for 120 plus days and getting an end product. As you mentioned, it's a tough equation to work. And right now it's realistically a, an equation with very thin margin, but I believe that they are banking on the fact that these tighter supplies are going to bode in their favor later in 2023, especially in the spring. And then obviously again, later in the fall, so long as the demand picture holds up, feedlots are hanging in there and they're rooting for more. I'm curious, we've talked about declining herd size for a little while now, and I'm curious as you think about the year ahead, is that a trend that you expect will start to reverse in the near future? Or do you think that you're thinking really hard about how many cows are in their herd and what they can sustain will continue putting downward pressure on the herd size? Or do you think that might start to turn around at some point in 2023? Good question. And I'm so glad that you asked it because it circles back to our weather point and our profitability point. And there are two things that are directly correlated to the growth and the viability of the U.S. cow herd, and that is green grass and profitability. So until we see green grass and until we see greater profitability, I do not believe that the U.S. cow herd is going to be growing. I believe that the trend of contracting and cow herd liquidation is going to continue well into 2023, potentially even into 2024 until we see stable feed supplies, until we see stable profitability and just better margins at the end of the day. And so I do not believe that we'll see the cow herd reduction as aggressively as we have in the later part of 2022, and, or excuse me, all throughout 2022 and even in parts of 2021. I don't think it'll be as aggressive as the last two years, but I I do believe that'll be a trend that has continued well into 2023. I want to ask about how, I, when you are speaking with cattle producers out there over the last month or so, I'm curious what you're hearing from producers in terms of challenges that they're facing right now and what they're thinking about. And I think especially during the winter months when things are physically as difficult as they can be, let alone like mentally and emotionally when you're thinking about profitability and some challenges that you've written about recently. I wonder if you could talk just about how you think about the challenges of ranching through the winter and planning for a new year when margins are tight and oh, yeah. the herd size is declining. You know what? Let's not sugarcoat it and say that it's easy because it's not. And you know what? We're a breed that always is sinking our teeth into the what's to come, what's next, because sometimes the windshield that we're faced with in the here and now, it isn't always glamorous. And so I'm so thankful that we've passed by the shortest day of the year, because now that we're getting some more vitamin D in daylight, that always seems to put a little bit more pep in my step. But I understand that for producers, it is a struggle and it is a grind. And it is something that is very stressful from mental health perspective perspective, from a business analysis perspective, from marital standpoints, from just simple relations 
And yes, we see a U.S. cow herd that is declining, and that might seem a little gut-wrenching because you might have neighbors or family members who have had to sell out completely or sell, sell down, but I'm also here to remind producers that means that there is vast opportunity in the year ahead. And as we see the cattle market shift in regards to its cycle and its point and where it's at and where leverage sits throughout the sectors of the industry, it is at the pivotal point in time where both cow-calf producers and the feedlot sector get to reign and control of the market's leverage. And so I want that to be the token of hope that cattlemen hold on to as they get through these long winter days where they're feeding, where they're working extremely hard, where, you know what, feed prices are high and you know what, they lose a calf in a snowbank and you know what, they're thinking about having to buy more hay and when hay's flirting with 200 to 250, heaven forbid, you're in the part of the area where it's $300 a ton. Those are tough pills to swallow, but I'm very excited to say that as the market shifts, as the market turns, profitability is again going to be focused and landing in the laps of cow-calf producers and feedlots. So that is where Jimmy and I are focusing on our own individual operation is we are excited and we are throwing the gas. We are running full speed ahead because that's what we do in this business. And we're going to just simply handle each day by day, but keeping a close eye on the market's horizon, because like I said, there's so much opportunity to be had out there. You just have to be willing to go get it. You mentioned the inventory report coming out at the end of next month. Speaking of scanning the market's horizon, any other like news or information or reports that you are going to be keeping a close eye on as we move through the next couple of months? Obviously, that inventory report that comes out at the end of January, that is just such a market mover and shaker. That needs to be our number one focus as we get into January. And like I said earlier, so from after the January inventory report, our next focus needs to be really monitoring throughput simply because that will tell us how much leverage feedlots are going to possess as we work our way into the later parts of February, March, and April. So as we monitor both inventory numbers and throughput, I think that weather has to be on our radar too, just simply because like I said, in order for the U.S. cow herd to grow and expand, we have to see profitability and green grass. And so if we get some of that moisture, if we get some good growing weather, that could mean that anybody that held on to feeder calves or females, they could be seeing some exponentially higher prices early this spring. You can read more on cattle markets and Shaley's full reporting at dtnpf.com or in the monthly DTN Progressive Farmer magazine. This episode of Field Post was brought to you by the team at DTN Progressive Farmer, with special thanks to Shaley Stewart. This episode was produced and edited by me, Sarah Mock, with support by Greg Hillier and Kylie Swanson. And a big thanks to all of you for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, remember, the future of farming is here. Today's episode is brought to you by MyDTN. In today's environment, it's essential, more than ever, to get the most current and accurate information to help save your valuable resources and continue to be profitable. Get access to all the information you need to deal with this change from DTN. As the leading independent trusted source of actionable insights and market information, MyDTN gives you accurate weather forecasts, the most extensive database of grain bids, and the most timely news and analysis from our award-winning news team. These features and more are available 24-7 via desktop, laptop, and any mobile device to be with you on the go. 
Learn more at mydtn.com and start a free 14-day trial. Now, back to the show.